Welcome to The Connection. A podcast to connect you to the parish of Yates and Froomside Benefice. My name is Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you the connection between faith and everyday living. So on this episode of The Connection, we have another interview from On the Sofa at Magnify. Julia from Froomside, why do you interview people on the sofa at Magnify? Well, everyone that knows me knows I like chatting informally with a cup of tea. And so On the Sofa has really taken off and it's become quite popular at Magnify because all we're doing is chatting to somebody on the sofa very informally about their life. And about their faith as well. About their faith, importantly, yes. So who else, who have you had on Magnify over the last year or so then? We've had the PCC officer from uh, Froomside. We've had lots of lay people. Uh, we've had ordained people, not giving any names. And uh, people that are involved with children's work. Um, oh no, all sorts of different people. So it's about interviewing ordinary Christian people about their life in an informal way. So that's what we're going to hear this month from On The Sofa at Magnify. Well, this evening, it is my pleasure to chat to Candice Douglas on the sofa. Now, Candice is a third-year part-time contextual Trinity College student. Got a mouthful, isn't it? And works full-time at, well, I think it's S-G-N-S. So, South Gloucestershire and Stroud, or SGS, if you don't want right, that okay, mouthful. College. <laughs> but known to us Bristolians, it's Fulton College. Absolutely. Okay? <laughs> okay. And to add to this... Uh, Candice serves with the ministry team here at St Michael's and throughout Froomside Benefice, leading, singing, preaching, all sorts of things, don't you really? <laughs> with such an introduction, welcome Candice. Thank you. Okay. So, now this autumn we are thinking about the gifts of the Spirit and this evening you have chosen the gift of joy. Um, in working with you this last two years, I think this gift is very fitting, what to say as you always have a joyful smile and a very happy disposition. Am I right? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, think, well, I think everyone... You, you can tell me more than yeah. I can tell you. No, I'm really grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a funny question, wasn't it? Right, so to begin, can you um, tell me about your early life and your childhood memories of um, becoming a Christian or about God? So I was really fortunate. I was brought up in a Christian family. Um, My grandfather was uh, a lay preacher, and um, he and he had three sons, and they and another and some other Christians um, started a a team that would go from church to church to evangelise, and they called themselves the King's Messengers. Um, And my father played trumpet. He learnt in the Salvation Army. Um, My uncle sang, and another of my uncles painted. And the people who brought the most visitors would get the painting at the end of the mission week. Um, and so, so I was really fortunate to have been brought up in this very vibrant um, Christian family. Um, and so I would have said, I'm not sure I came to a particular point in faith where I made a decision. I think I've just known God my whole life. Um, so he's always kind of been there. Um, 
And, I, and obviously I learned to pray by watching others pray and I learned to sing along by watching others sing along. And so I grew up in this community of God's family, which was really wonderful. So lots of people want to know, are you Bristolian? I am Bristol born and bred, <laughs> my flower. I was born in, in the King's Wood. Right, OK. So would you like to tell me a little bit about your childhood then? Well, no, that was what I was going to tell you. I can't tell you anything else. What else was I tell you? <laughs> oh, that was my childhood. I grew right. up in a, a Christian family. Um, I, I went to uh, an Elam Pentecostal church until the age of 11. Um, and then my mother decided we needed to try something different. And then we started going to Christchurch Clifton. Um, and that was when I was introduced to liturgy. And uh, that was really interesting, um, learning the creed and saying the creed every week and knowing the creed and knowing what it was I thought I might believe. It was really good. Well, you went to Scotland for some reason. Um, So my father's work was in Scotland, so all our summers were spent in in Scotland um, uh, in a place called Sucky Hall Street. Um, So so yes, so I love Scotland and Glasgow and um, a place called Gellock Head is very close to my heart, so yeah. And you used to travel to go and see him and visit him, didn't you? Um, so he worked up there. He was away all week, and he would come back at weekends, and some weekends we would go up. But as I say, in the summer we would go up. But yes. Right, so there's quite a poignant time in your life, um, if you'd like to tell us. You've told me, but I'd like to so share. So my, my father died when I was 17, and it kind of totally devastated our family um, because my mother had been the most wonderful stay-at-home mum. Uh, which was fantastic. So when my father died, uh, we had no money, is the way to put it. And my mother, at, um, in her early 50s, didn't know how to go and get a job. Um, and I just remember we were all totally bereft. We didn't quite know what we were going to do. And I'd always been taught to pick this up. Um, and so I did. And I, I remember vividly opening it, and, uh, and it fell open in the Psalms. And my eyes read the words that says... I am a father to the fatherless and a husband to the widow. And I remember reading that, and you probably would think, I'd go, oh, isn't that amazing? And I didn't. I went, oh, right, yeah, right. My dad's just died. Is this, is this who you're promising to be? Then, then, for goodness sake, God, I'm holding you to this promise to be the father because we don't know what we're doing. Um, and so I'm holding you to what I found in your word. Um, and uh, so I just started my A-levels, so um, I then, alongside my A-levels, I did five or six jobs. Um, I worked in a market garden, um, I worked in a baker's, I um, looked after children, I delivered newspapers, I did envelope stuffing, um, just to try and help the bills be met. Um, I passed my A-levels and then I went off to uni because I had felt so vulnerable. Um, and so unable to take care of myself or my mother um, or any of us really. So, so I was going to get a degree because then I would be, be, um, be okay. But all through that time, I would have said this book and reading it and holding God to the promises that I found within it um, was very much the foundation of going from child whose mother took her to Christchurch every week to... Um, somebody who walked with God and 
And I do say that. I hold him to his promises. What he writes in here, I go, well, Lord, you said here. So, you know, answer this prayer, please. He doesn't always say yes. Can I just put that out there? He doesn't always say so yes. So the Bible, see my Bible, we haven't mentioned the Bible yet. So the so Bible, yeah, absolutely. This. So this book, the, Holy, the Bible, the Word of God, the Bread of Life, um, is really important to me. Um, I get to know God's character in it. I get to know him in it. And so um, reading that is a really important part of my life. Right, so we think about joy, joy yeah. being your strength. So through his difficulties, it sounds as though it's a really difficult, quite painful time for you, um, especially when you said you felt vulnerable to go and train and do something with your life. Um, how, did, how did you find that joy? Um, so Apart from the Bible. Well, so, so in our reading tonight, it's going to say that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Um, and I think, for me, <laughs> reading God's word um, can give me joy. Uh, because uh, the stories in here are, are amazing and beautiful. Um, I'm always impressed by the story of Abraham's um, slave, Hagar, um, who is cast off with her child and is in the desert watching him about to die. And an angel gives her the promise, the same promise that Abraham gave, um, that from her this child would be a nation. And I think, what an amazing God to see uh, this slave woman that so many would have forgotten. Um, God saw Hagar in all the plans that were going on. You know, he was busy having this relationship with Abraham, which is great, and I, and I love that, that relationship. But actually, he was having this relationship with her as well and didn't yes. forget her and didn't notice, miss the things that happened to her. So... Yeah, the, the, this, this Bible is amazing. Right. Now, I believe you spent some time in Hong Kong, um, a place we hold very much in our hearts at this time. Uh, there. So, someone also told me <laughs> you can speak Cantonese. Dictumdela. Right, what does that mean? <laughs> Actually, I said just a little bit. <laughs> oh, just a little bit. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> so, are you going to tell us about your time in Hong Kong? Um, so, um, my husband wanted us to go in, back to Hong Kong. My, um, my ex-husband was Chinese, um, and uh, it was at a time when there wasn't a lot of construction work, and my husband worked in construction. We always talked about going back to Hong Kong. Um, so we went to Hong Kong, and uh, I lived there for five years, learned Cantonese. Um, and do you know the best bit about going and living abroad? You find out that God is already there. So all your fears and all your worries, when you arrive, you know that God is there and he got there before you to welcome you. Um, and that's very much how I felt my time in Hong Kong. I was really afraid, you know, utterly different culture, didn't speak the language, um, but I found a, an English, or we found an English-speaking church called St Andrews, and it very much, very quickly became uh, our home. And I did my first Teze service there. So um, I, that's where I was introduced to Teze. So, so yes, so Hong Kong was five years and it was an amazing experience. Um, and Joel, my eldest, was born there. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I was pregnant with Jesse, that was when I said, OK, we're going home for the second. It's very different in Hong Kong, having children. Oh, and it? I just, <laughs> I, I wanted to come back to the British way of doing things. So, um, and, and Paul agreed, so back we came. Right, OK. And how did you get a job over in Hilton College then? 
Um, so that, well, that's quite a long way on. So I mean, I've had a variety of, of roles. Um, I lectured at a university in London. Um, I've been a Microsoft certified trainer, traveling all over the UK and Europe, delivering um, technical training courses. Um, unfortunately, when I got divorced, uh, I felt I couldn't travel anymore. So I got a job as an IT manager locally. Um, and I did that for about five or six years. And I missed teaching. Right. Um, that there is something wonderful. Um, don't get me wrong, it's a really difficult profession. <laughs> you know, teachers, on average, work between 40 and 60 hours a week. Yes. Um, and so you have to love it. But I love to make myself redundant, and that's what you do with young people. You give them all the skills that you can so that they are independent and able to contribute to our society. And what an incredible role to hold. Um, and I missed that, you know, working for a, for a business that was about making money for a bunch of shareholders just didn't inspire me in the same way <laughs> as the other. So, so I went, I applied for a lecturing job at SGS and that's how I ended up there. And that led you into thinking about ministry at some stage? Um, so we don't have time for my call to ministry. Ask me back and I'll tell you about that one because that's, <laughs> that's a very, very long talk. Ask me my last question. <laughs> oh, she's, she's a bossy teacher. <laughs> now, we had a chat about this last night, didn't we? I think this is really... It's an interesting one for me, this, because I've been thinking about it as well. Um, what is that... I want us to know... Um, I might share something in a minute... about joy being your strength. Yeah. So, I talked about God's word, and I have to say that, for me, when I'm in my worst times, I will pick this book up, and I expect God to speak in it. Uh, and I just, I open it with that expectation. And sometimes I'll read it and actually it's, it isn't the greatest. But, but I'll keep reading. And, and I think um, allowing God's work to speak, word to speak into my heart can be encouraging. But you might have also noticed that I love to sing. Yes. And um, God was really gracious in giving me a lovely voice. Uh, but he also gave me a very low voice. And so all those high notes were a real struggle for me and were always a struggle. And so I found I could make stuff up. And so from a very young age, um, I found creativity and expression of worship of God by making a harmony. And so there is no greater joy for me than just meeting with God's people and singing a harmony. So if you he hear me singing a harmony, that's my way of telling God I love you and I think you're amazing and I want to be the person that you intended me to be because that's what I think of when I, when I sing in harmony. Um, and so if I'm in the most dreadful, dreadful place, being reminded that God intended me to be able to do beautiful things somehow helps <coughs> and thinking about how God has created each one of us with something beautiful I think is really important when I was studying for my degree another friend um, he was a lovely artist and um, he would make icons and from my tradition mm, okay Christ uh, Christchurch Clifton's not very high and so I was really suspicious that he had these icons yes and uh, quite perturbed <laughs> and then he explained well it, this isn't it he said I'm using the creativity of art to worship God and and actually I, I'm not seeing God I'm not worshiping the icon I'm seeing who God is by creating this image and I thought oh that's like me singing my harmonies 
<coughs> and I realised that for each one of us, the joy of the Lord, the things that he has created in us with which to worship him, are the things that actually when life is at its very, very worst, if we remember those things that he's given us, actually we're reminded of his love and of his goodness and his closeness and his presence with us and his journeying in that pain with us. And actually that's a joy, even in the darkest times. So that's how the joy of the Lord is my strength. I think that's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Because I think we all need to think of those things sometimes, don't we? Because we so get pushed on to do more and more. I've been thinking about mindfulness at the moment. And after our conversation last night, I thought it was really good. You're saying about that, about creativity. And I think we all need to be thinking about that sometimes because obviously I like creating art in a different way to you. But it was interesting you say about your singing because I think when we first met, I did say to you, you know, what was that? What are you doing? <laughs> your singing was a bit different to what I was expected, but it's lovely. It's lovely. You have got a gift. And thank you for that joy you express to all of us because you do. And I, everyone would agree. You. you don't have to say that yourself, I know, because you, you're very, very humble. But we do value you and we do love you. So thank you, thank you for your sharing this evening. Thank you thank very you. much.